This episode is sponsored by Ronald Blue Trust. Ronald Blue Trust is honored to serve women from all walks of life, professionals, mothers, daughters, retirees, widows, and students across the nation, providing biblically-based wisdom for their finances. Their advisors are experts in many areas of financial planning and investments and offer useful resources to guide you in gaining clarity and confidence, helping you leave a lasting legacy. Learn more at ronblue.com. This is Driven Forward, Influential Leaders Powered by God's Will, hosted by me, Jordan Johnstone. The influential leader we will learn from this month is Diana Romero, and we will also be shaking things up a bit. We acknowledge that hearing the stories of aspirational and influential women is truly inspiring, but we also want to make sure that you, our listener, is coming away from our podcast having learned something or been inspired to take a next step on your personal journey. For the rest of this year, we will still be talking to these amazing women, but I will be having them talk us through their greatest successes and their greatest setbacks in their life, with the goal to give you hope and motivation to keep pushing on in your career and your life. Let's listen now as Diana shares what she considers to be her successes in life. Well, Diana, thank you for being here today. And usually I start off and I have um, our guests give kind of a 30-second elevator speech, but I'm not going to limit you like that. So I will just come out and ask you, who is Diana Romero? Wow, that's an interesting way to ask the question. (laughs) Uh, Diana Romero is, right now I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own business. I was in business, uh, corporate America, for 30 years with a company called Abbott. And in 2019, I decided to retire. And in doing so, I knew that I wanted to start my own business. So we launched it in April of 2020, right before COVID, Mm. or in the middle of COVID, I believe. Mm. And um, it's called Integrated Purpose Management. And our logo is the Tree of Life. And so I say we have multiple branches And one of those is I do professional coaching. I really believe that God has gifted me to help people get their next level. And then I also um, do a a program called Life Languages. It's a communication system, uh, Communication IQ. And it helps people and organizations, families understand how to better communicate. And then also our business is centered around strategy integration. So a lot of companies understand how to put together a vision or a plan, but where they falter is actually implementing the plan and meeting those KPIs that they wanted to accomplish at the end, or they didn't even set KPIs. So we go in and help them truly integrate and implement their vision. And I'm a mom. I have a daughter uh, and she's grown and she's out in the world. Um, Her degree she got from UTD is in art and technology. So she loves to do her art, but she figured out early on she can't make a living at it. (laughs) So she does IT for a living. And then uh, I'm married to my husband. His name is Mike, and he's in the business with me. 
Awesome. What was that like going from Abbott to being your own boss? Was that a difficult transition? Being my own boss? No, because I had a number of, uh, I guess, opportunities at Abbott where I was an individual contributor. Mm. And I managed myself, so to speak. I've always been a self-leader. But owning your own company versus having the resources of a corporation is totally different. Yeah. And so really learning to be an entrepreneur and everything that you have to do to own a business, the taxes, all the records, right? Um, Getting your own sales, your own leads, Mm. you know, that was something I never had to think about or worry about before. Yeah. And so that has been a big learning curve for me. But I've had some great uh, mentors and, and organizations that I'm a part of that have really helped me, I think, come up the curve a lot faster than I would have if I hadn't had that. Yeah. Well, and you know, we love mentoring around here. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I am a mentor and oh. I've been a mentee. So, wow. yeah, I totally love the forward mentor program. Mm. Well, and we love having you. Well, now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, we are kind of switching up things a little bit. Um, We will still talk about your story, obviously, but what I would love to hear from you uh, are your, what you consider successes. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about your setbacks. Um, So we'll save that for later. But (laughs) today we're going to focus on successes. Um, And I guess to start off, like, I would love to know, how do you personally label something as a success? Like what criteria do you run things through? I would say for success, for me, it has to do with, has have I accomplished a dream mm. or a goal um, that I've set out to do? Mm-hmm. Or uh, is it, and I guess it's really all still centered around a goal. Was a goal set for me? Mm. <laughs> I didn't set it, but it was set for me, but I still accomplished that goal. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the success comes from the positive outcome at the end. Mm, That's good. That's very simple. I like it. (laughs) And when you and I talked before today, uh, you had told me that one of your greatest successes in your life was getting a job at Abbott, Mm -hmm. which you mentioned earlier. Can you tell us why that was such a big milestone for you? So my mom worked for Abbott Mm. and when I was a little girl, she would get these newsletters in the mail and the newsletters would tell about all the research Abbott was doing. It would talk about, you know, um, just the organization itself. And I read them every time we got them in the mail. And it's really what caused me to want to work for Abbott. Mm. I thought when I went to work for Abbott, I wanted to do research But as I learned more about research, I decided that kind of a lot of research scientists are like in a lab all to themselves and they're really focused on whatever their, you know, their project is. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a people person, so I couldn't handle being in the lab all the time. (laughs) So, but at 13, having that instilled within me that this company has just great um, foundations and they do such a great thing for the world. A lot of what I read about at that time was what they did in cancer research, mm. uh, AIDS research at the time. And so knowing that I had a, a desire for science, I knew that for since I was in seventh grade, um, I went ahead and just said, what could I do here? 
And my mom never complained about her job. Mm. And so hearing all her positive comments about Abbott also set positively with me that I wanted to do this. So I went Mm -hmm. to college to get my degree to work for Abbott. (laughs) And I was very fortunate that within a week of graduating, I was working for it. Oh, wow. So, uh, and I believe part of that is just because I believe God puts those dreams within you. Mm. And when you pursue the dreams that he put in you, then you're able to accomplish them. Yeah. Um, some people might say, God put a dream within you to work for a corporation. But yes, because we, as Christians, we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we need to you know, speak for him no matter where we are Mm -hmm. and be his light to the world, be his hands outstretched, be his love. Um, Just be someone that surrounds people with who Jesus is. Mm. And so I truly believe that his plan for me was to work for Abbott. And so for me, that's a huge success. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy to me that you were 13. (laughs) Like, like what 13 year old sits there and says, I'm going to be a researcher at the company that my mom, like, that's just, that's so cool. I mean, and that's obviously a God thing. Yes, wow. I agree. That's awesome. And it was a big goal, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and my, I think it, you know, it all goes to setting the goal because mm-hmm. then I made a lot of decisions step by step that led me to that goal. Yeah. But I also remember it when I was young, my mom kept wanting me to be an intern at Abbott mm. and I didn't want to because I was like, <laughs> Mom, I get the summer off. Oh, enjoy <laughs> but <what> you now <laughs> I know what I didn't know then. Yeah. And I saw interns coming into Abbott and how much it really flourished their careers mm. because of in, a lot of interns actually then end up going full time for Abbott. Mm. And uh, I was like, man, I probably missed some opportunities there. But, you know. but it worked out because you said within a week of graduating. Yes, there. So it, worked it out. all worked out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> now, your second success that you told me about was also at Abbott. Um, and you said that you had the opportunity to work on a pretty monumental project. So what was that like for you? Wow. So this project was a project that we had to do to meet a certain regulation that was being put in force in Europe. Mm. And you had to meet this regulation by a certain date Mm. or you couldn't sell your products in Europe anymore. It was essentially when the CE mark was born. And so the team that I was on was a worldwide team because the division I was with had thousands of products that we sold overseas Hmm. in Europe. And so we had to have different project leads at different parts of the organization to ensure that we could get all of our products continue to be sold. So I was a representative for my site here in the Irving area of Texas, and then also responsible for a site in California. And so it was huge for me. I got to hire my own staff. The first time I got to actually hire everyone that I wanted to work for me from oh, scratch. Wow. wow. Um, that was a great opportunity. And thankfully, I, I hired some awesome people that helped us succeed. Mm. But I will also tell you, it was one of the scariest jobs I ever had. I mean, I literally could envision myself with my head under my desk <laughs> You know, scared because we had to make the project a success. Yeah. We had to meet the date. 
a lot of times when projects are done, I've done project management for years. And a lot of times when projects are done, your due date potentially can move, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And something happens, well, we can push it out a few months. Right. We could not move this due date. So we had to think outside the box. Mm. We had to do things that and think of things that maybe we had never thought of before to make sure that we hit this goal in the middle of making sure that we met the requirements of these new regulations. Mm. And the fact that we had to meet the regulations in Europe at the same time that we were continuing to meet different regulations in the U.S., So it was huge and everything had to be translated into like up to 15, 20 languages for us. So we had never had to do that before Mm. and get all a bunch of languages on a little bitty vial. And how do you do that? We had to do symbols. It was just a lot Mm. of stuff that we had never done before. So staying in that mindset of let's think, let's think outside the box. Let's, you know, blaze new trails, let's do things that we thought we couldn't do Mm -hmm. uh, and then be successful at that was huge for me. Mm. And when we finished the project and it did launch on time, our products were available for all of us. It was a huge success. Mm. And for the company, it was a huge success. Yeah. That must have felt so good. <laughs> it did. And as you can tell, it was many years ago. Yeah. Like, let's see, 2001. Oh, so, yeah. and it still is on my mind because mm. of the work that it took to put it together. It was a three-year project. Oh, wow. Um, we spent the whole first year planning, mm. which I believe was huge to our yeah. success. Yeah. Um. Now we did have to, as time went on the project, we did have to, you know, take different paths from what we planned, contingencies and so forth. But mm. it taught us a lot about the right way to run a project. Mm. And after I ran that project, I ran many more multi-million dollar projects. Wow. Now, did you have somebody mentoring you at the time? Was there any way that you were able to go to somebody who had maybe gone through something somewhat similar um, and and been like, hey, I'm I'm doing this. Can you help? (laughs) So I didn't have a mentor that had done anything similar Mm -hmm. because a lot of the projects that I had been given had I didn't control the budget. Uh I ran the project but I didn't control the budget Yeah. on this one for what I was responsible for. I controlled the budget. Mm. So for me, it was like kind of new ground. Yeah. Um, but at Abbott, they have wonderful people. And I did have people that I could go to that maybe had ran something a little differently, but had experiences that I didn't have that I could go to. Absolutely. I mean, the, the d- director over the whole project was a great project manager, program manager, had done projects before, and he was a great asset for us. So mm. we had, I mean, the team was probably 50 people plus mm. around the world. That's big. So yeah. yeah, it was big. So there was a lot of different expertise there. So yeah. if I was weak in one area, somebody else was strong. Mm. That's awesome. It's always good to have that. <laughs> always good yes. to have that team back up, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, part of the hard thing about being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. yeah. is you, you don't, don't like that. for me, 
I don't have a team. I have yeah. me and my husband, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and my daughter helps us, but on a part-time basis because mm-hmm. she has a full-time job. She yeah. does our social media for us. That's awesome. But I don't have those other expertises, mm-hmm. right, as a right. part of my business. Yeah. Now, I can reach out to mentors. I can reach out to friends um, and ask for their advice, but it's different than having it right there yeah. pushing for the same goal that you're pushing for. Yeah. Now, the next success that you sent me uh, made me smile. Uh, your faith, anybody that has interacted with you within Forward or has read your blogs and you write very regularly for us, and I'm appreciative of that, your faith is something, though, that is very clearly been given priority in your life. Um, so when you told me uh, that another one of your successes was that you started a prayer group, like I said, I just had to smile because it's just another example of how much God and your relationship with him means to you. So can you just kind of talk us through, like what made starting that prayer group so special for you? Yeah, so that was a time in my life when I was having this struggle. Mm. And it was when I discovered, truly discovered, that your job is your place where you're God's representative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the struggle I was going through was I wanted to be in quote unquote full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And I kept talking to God about it. And I mean, seriously, it went on for like two years. And then one day I just heard him say to me in my spirit, Diana, you are in mm-hmm. full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got it then. He probably told me it multiple times, right? <laughs> but it sunk in. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. So then I was prompted to do something about it. Right. So I went to work and I asked him kind of, what are the rules? If I want to start a prayer group, you know, what's the rules went to HR. And really all they said was you can't do it on company time. So you can do Mm -hmm. it before work, during lunch or after work. Yeah. Um, And if you use a conference room, if somebody else needs it, you have to give it up. So Hmm. I thought, well, that's pretty easy. We can handle that. Yeah, yeah. So we, I got, a, I knew some friends at work that I thought would be interested in a prayer group and got in touch with them and said, let's start this prayer group. We had it pre-planned, ready to roll. And the morning that I get up, that was planned to be the day for our first prayer group was September 11th, t- 2003. Oh, wow. And I was, Blown away. Mm. Wait, was it September 11, 2003 or 2001? 2001. 2001. Yeah. I'm getting it mixed up with another big event <laughs> in my life. Sorry. <laughs> wow, though. Um, that, that timing. Yeah. So wow. I was just blown away. So I'm driving to work mm. and I'm hearing, I think the first tower had fell when I was yeah. driving to work. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, oh, my gosh. And then I remembered, oh, we have prayer scheduled mm. for today. So I get to work, but my phone is ringing off the hook. Diana, we can't wait till lunch to pray. We have to go now. Mm. So I said, gather at my cube. And we kind of all gathered there. And we just went through the halls looking for a conference room. Mm. And we found one that was empty. We gathered in there and we started praying. And that was the birth of a prayer group that literally lasted 20 years. Wow. And it lasted without me even being there. I left the site. In 2005, handed mm-hmm. it over to uh, somebody I trusted, and it kept going. 
And I came back to the site 10 years later and it was still going. Oh, wow. So what I tell people, cause they were so excited I was coming back, but I said, this is not my prayer group. This is God's yeah. prayer group. The proof of it is I haven't even been here yeah. and he kept it going. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so we prayed um, every week uh, at a lunchtime and we would center on, we prayed for Abbott, for all of Abbott's leaders, anything we knew that was going on, we prayed for, we prayed for our families, we prayed for ourselves. And the other thing that I learned from having a prayer group at work, because I wasn't the kind of person that preached all day, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to turn people off. I just wanted people to see God's love through me. Yeah. And you know, that scripture that says, be a written ep- epistle read among men. Mm-hmm. I wanted people just to read my life. Mm-hmm. I just wanted them to see. Now, if they came in my office, I might see a scripture on my desk or something like that. Right. But I didn't try to be forceful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but what I learned was most people, no matter what their background, they can even be a professing atheist, mm-hmm. but they won't turn down prayer. Mm. Especially if something bad's going on in their life, yeah. if they have yeah. a health issue or kid issue or whatever it might be, they're very open to having prayer and just having yeah. somebody agree because they're usually kind of on their last leg or at the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? I'll try anything. Mm. And so I saw it open a door to many opportunities just to share again, the heart of Jesus, the heart mm-hmm. of God with others, that when it really comes down to it, he just wants to know everybody to know that he loves them. Yeah. So it was just, it was God's success, mm-hmm. not mine. I'm so thankful I got to be a part of it when I did. Yeah. And I know that it had a huge impact on a number of lives um, at the site. And when I came back the second time, we actually had a couple of people from other sites that were joining mm-hmm. us um, over conference, conference calls and things like that. Wow. But, you know, this I guess you could say kind of a downside to that, though, was when I got involved with um, Forward, mm-hmm. I found about uh, the faith-based employer resource groups. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about those when I was back. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. So like, is that kind of what that I wish I would have because yeah. I would have done so much more. So I, what I'd love to kind of end this discussion on is hearing from you. Um, and you kind of talked about it a little bit before. Uh, why do you think that God allowed for us to have and experience success in our lives? Like, what do you think its purpose is for us? Wow. I think, do you remember the story of Moses when he goes kind of in the cleft of the rock Mm. and God passes by him and he says his glory is going to pass by him? Yeah. But in the scripture, it says it's the goodness of God. His glory Mm. is the goodness of God. So I think if we don't ever have successes, we don't get to experience the glory of God mm. or the goodness of God. Yeah. And so for me, it brings joy, it brings happiness, right? But I remember the source. Mm. It's not any success I do is not me doing it. If I don't put God 
in the center of whatever my dream is, whatever my goal is, uh, my desires, then it's, I'm not going to truly be happy. Right. I'm not going to truly have joy. So centering God in that then gives me an extra, I guess you could call it the cherry on top or whatever to look at it. But that is the God part, you know, that allows it to be so much sweeter, so much better and makes my life complete, fulfilled. Next time on Driven Forward, Diana shares about the setbacks in her life that were some of the hardest and also most clarifying moments she's gone through so far. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. Thanks for listening. Many women ask how they can become a member of Forward. Journey Forward is the answer. Forward only exists because of the generosity of the Forward community. When you give your time, talent, and treasure to Forward, you make it possible for more women in the workplace to find their tribe and be empowered to become all God created them to be in work and life. We have a big goal in front of us, to empower 10 million Christian women in the workplace to change the world by 2030, and you have a part to play. Your financial gifts to Forward support the ongoing Forward operations, support services, digital content like this podcast, as well as our outreach and overall mission. Journey Forward is an easy way for every Forward woman to be part of the mission and vision of Forward through recurring donations at one of four giving levels. To learn more about Journey Forward and to find your level, go to forwardwomen.org and click on the Join the Journey tab at the top of the homepage.